As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Wow, welcome to Home Group. This is Rick Renner, and I'm so glad that you've let us come into your space. And the us is me and Denise and Joel. Hey guys, welcome to Home Group. Thank you, Rick and Home Group. Welcome. We are so thankful that you would take your time to spend with us. And I just want to say right off the beginning that we're not alone because the Bible says we're two or more are gathered together in his name. There he is, his power, his person, his ability right in the middle of us. I just read that in my daily Bible reading. I'm reading the book of Matthew right now, which is so wonderful. Oh, what so chapters? Wonderful. I think we're in the same chapters, Joel. Today I was in chapter 23. I read 20 and 21. Well, close. Close. Mom, I have to say you look very good in white. Thank you do. You. Denise, that's yes. really pretty. And Joel, Thank I told you. you I was going to ask you a question. You know, I have a question too. Okay. How come you always wear a white shirt? That's my question for you. You always yeah. have on a white shirt. You always have on a white shirt. I always wear a white shirt because, truthfully, I used to wear black all the time. And I wore black because I was overweight. And since I lost all that weight, I've enjoyed wearing a white shirt. Now, why do you wear a white shirt? You know, I think it just makes your face look more bright, and eyes come more alive, and your smile more white, and I just think it's nicer than dark. Well, I want to tell you that it is a fact that when you're on television, when you wear a light shirt, it makes you look brighter. Well, there you go. It does. Now you know. How many years I wore black, black everything. Now I'm enjoying wearing white. That's anyway, crazy. what do you have on tonight? <laughs> we're just having a good time together. But hey, we're doing a series called The Lord is My Shepherd, the 23rd Psalm. And I want you to have the study guide. It is free. If you go to renner.org right now, you can download this for free. Get everything in life that's free. This will feed your heart. It'll really be good for you. And while you're there, order the whole series. It's a 10-part series called The Lord is My Shepherd, Psalm 23. It comes in multiple formats. And dear friends, I have to tell you, when I did this series, I didn't realize how much I was going to enjoy it. We went out to a bunch of sheep, a big flock, can you believe, Denise, we live near a bunch of sheep? <laughs> I did not know all those sheep were out here. And you know what? It's someone's hobby. We live, and this is right outside of Moscow. And so we didn't know there was a flock of sheep outside of Moscow. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sheep. And so we found this flock of sheep, and we said, what are these sheep doing here? And the guy said, well, it's a wealthy person's hobby, and he just likes to have sheep. I said to my assistant, <laughs> I want to do some stand-ups with some sheep. I said... You know, we might have to drive a long way. He called me. He said, about five minutes from your house. I said, what? And we went out there, and there were all of those sheep. And I sat in the middle of those sheep. They were hysterical. They were butting each other and ramming each other and running over each other. And Denise, when one would bat, what did the rest of them do? <laughs> and I they all bad in different tones. It was like a choir. It was hysterical. <laughs> oh, it definitely was. And they were all different colors. Some were more white, other were more gray, other were mixed, but they were all dirty. And they all had a stench, a smell. And I have to tell you, when I looked at the shepherd, 
I could tell he's been around those sheep for a long time. Yep. Mm. He kind of looked like them. He kind of smelled like the sheep. He kind of looked like the sheep. He did. But those sheep knew his voice. They did not know my voice. They scattered when I came. But when that shepherd began to speak, here they all came. They knew the voice of their shepherd. I tell you, it's just so much about the Lord is our shepherd. That's why I want you to order this series and get the free study guide. And right now we're also offering you Tony Cook's book, which is such a good book. You know, Tony's my good friend. But this book is called Because the Lord is My Shepherd, The Blessings of an Empowered Life. Look at the size of this. You can put it almost in your back pocket. You can put it in your purse and read it so easily. But it will just fill you with faith and encouragement. So please order yours today. And we want you to order our new autobiography called Joel. Unlikely. Unlikely. Our faith-filled journey to the end of the earth. And the back of the book says, are you ready? If you're ready to read a true life story, this is a true story. It's not even the whole story. The rest is yet to come. That's right. But we interviewed, we did 1,500 pages of interviews. This is all based on testimony. Now tell us why you did that. Because a lot of them are dying. They're getting older. For example, my mother God has now gone to heaven. I wanted to capture her memories. We are a circus family. And so I wanted to capture my mother's memories of the circus and our family and the Indian territory. So we did all these interviews. And a lot of people from the former Soviet Union who were leaders in the earlier years, some of them have now gone to heaven. I wanted to capture their memories before they went to heaven. And so about two years ago, I said, Denise, I'm going to start doing interviews for this book because these are precious memories that need to be captured. We have seen history. We haven't just seen it. We've been a part of it. What we have been through as a family has been very historical in the former Soviet Union. And I felt like we needed to document what has happened. Most people in the Western world, they don't have a clue what happened in the former Soviet Union. The destruction, the collapse, the ramifications, the miracles, the healings, the book of Acts, the resurrections. I mean, the list is so long. And I just wanted to document it. I really believe that what happened in the former Soviet Union is one of the greatest things to happen in the 2,000 years of church history. I truly believe it, Denise. Well, God, I just want to say thank you for, that's, that was a lot of work. It was a lot of hours. It was a lot of manpower. And you were leading and spearheading and writing. And, and I just want to say, say thank you for that because now we have something documented that's really precious. Well, you know what? To document this book, we brought together our original staff. And they said right here in this room, and we captured all their testimonies. It was such a wonderful experience just to all be together again and talk about the early years when we didn't used to count the pieces of mail. We counted the tons. So much mail was coming. Now it's all electronic. Now it's all electronic. But back in those days, hey, friends, we had a warehouse of mail because I wouldn't let anybody throw it away. It was, every letter was so precious to me. And Joel, would we, we keep all that mail for 20 years probably. A long time. I mean, tons and tons. I think it was over 80 tons. Have you ever been to our Tulsa office? You've seen that mail on our walls because we glued it on the wall. Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. It's just beautiful. It's a really good memory. But, Mama, yesterday we were talking about this wonderful book that's going to come out. It's already out. And uh, we were talking about how the American audience will read it 
and, and just really, I think they're really going to enjoy it. But when the Russian audience get it, gets it, they're going to remember their experiences. They are. Yes. So they're going to remember what they went through as well. And it's just going to be two different perspectives. Well, and Rick put so much history in it, even from America, that you're going you're gonna to see American history in this book. Yeah, look, at this, look at the size of it. <laughs> and this is just the first 30 years of life in the former Soviet Union, really. But anyway, it's really good. You'll love it. It would be a great gift to give to any young person or to just really anybody that loves autobiographies. It's pretty riveting. But you know what else? It's an autobiography. A lot of biographies, that's what they are. They're biographies. But I think the best biographies are the ones that are autobiographies. From, like when I, read, when I read so many bio, autobiographies, they are totally different than just some other person's perspective on that person's life. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a much better way to do it. Well, and Rick, you even read it. It's going to be on audio. Yeah, I, read, I did the whole audio book. You can get it as an audio book. But anyway, let's talk about The Lord is My Shepherd. But we want you to order the, the book. It's a radical discount at renter.org. But tonight we're going to talk about God's supernatural peace. Monday night we talked about God's supernatural provision. Last night we looked at God's supernatural protection. And tonight we're going to look at God's supernatural peace. And we're reading the 23rd Psalm beginning in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I want to say again, David wrote this. And David grew up as a shepherd. He knew all about the business of sheep and being a shepherd. And David knew that he was a sheep. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He knew everything that that meant. Because he had faithfully, as a shepherd, taken care of his sheep. Now he's saying, everything I did for the sheep, the Lord is doing for me. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There we have God's supernatural provision. He's faithful to provide. Number two. You know what I want to say about that? Mm -hmm. David was a shepherd. He was a young shepherd. Yeah. He was a young man when he was a shepherd he boy. He was. And he fought lions and bears and protected those sheep. Yep. God can use young people to do great things. He sure can. And I, I, I'm, I can imagine that David, when he was older, sitting in, sitting in the palace in Jerusalem, he was thinking, how did I get from the fields to the palace? By being faithful. Mm. It's just amazing. But verse 2 says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That's protection. Then it says, He leads me beside the still waters. That's what we're going to be looking at tonight. Tomorrow night we're going to look at verse 3. He restores my soul. Oh, thank God He restores our soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, here we have it again. This is a real shepherd's staff. One end of it is a rod, the other end of it is a staff. They comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. I can almost hear that song, Denise. Surely goodness and mercy, amen, mm -hmm. all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we have God's supernatural provision, God's supernatural protection, and tonight we're going to be looking at God's supernatural peace. But notice again in verse 2, it says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and He leads me beside the still waters. Still waters. Doesn't that even sound like peace? Mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis said, God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from Himself 
because there is no such thing. Mm. Jesus said in John 14, verse 27, are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. Here it is. Let not your heart be troubled. Denise, think how many people today have troubled hearts. Mm. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. And in Greek, it's really not a suggestion. It's, it's a strong statement. Stop letting your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. To me, it sounds like calm down. That's really what it means. Come on, guys. You believe in God, believe also in me. You know, Rick, we need this verse so bad because Jesus said in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for, for fear. fear. Mm. And so it's, it's prophesied. It's going to happen. People are going to be tormented by fear and their hearts are going to fail them. And how important for us is it that we know our shepherd and that we know that we can lie down in green pastures. But the rest of this verse says, listen to this, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. But the word troubled is used in verse 1 and in verse 27. Mm -hmm. And in both <clears throat> places, it is the Greek word taraso, and this is very, very important. Because the Greek word tarasa, which here twice is translated troubled, means to shake. Have you ever been so trembled, troubled that you just shook? It means to be troubled, to be disquieted, to be unsettled, to perplex, to cause anxiety, or even to cause feelings of grief. This word tarasa, here translated troubled, pictures one who feels inwardly shaken, unsettled, confused, and Upset. That describes a lot of people today, Denise. They're just unsettled by what's going on, by what they're hearing. They're shaken. And Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. And notice this begins at the heart. Oh, we're going to come back to that in just a moment. You know what amazes me? People can watch the news and be troubled about something that happens so far away from where they are. Yeah. And it can really bother them. It can be on the other side of the world and it's all they can talk about. But, I mean, it has nothing to do with their lives, but it affects them because they're worried about other people. You know, I remember when we first moved to the Soviet Union. It's so like they can work themselves up. When we first moved to the Soviet Union, we had no Western news. None. Zero. Zero. There was nothing in English on television. Well, when we got it, it stayed on. It did. It stayed time. on. But one day I went to the bank in Riga, and when I came into the bank... The bank, and by the way, there was only one commercial bank. Back in those days, there were no commercial banks at all. And they just opened a brand new bank in Riga. We were all so excited about it because you could get wire transfers. And it was called the German bank. Kind of dangerous to do business there because somebody in the bank was working with the local mafia. And if you took out a lot of money, they would tip somebody on the outside that you were coming outside with cash. And one woman was killed. Those were crazy days. It's all in the book, unlikely. But one day I was in that bank to make a withdrawal and I was sitting there waiting on my time to speak to the bank teller looking at CNN. Well, we had just moved to the former Soviet Union. This was 1992. And at that time they were having big riots on the street in California, in a community in California. And we didn't know anything about it. We didn't know anything about it because we didn't have any news. And you know, in the absence of news, we were just so peaceful. And when I sat there in that foyer of that bank and watched that news for about 10 minutes, by the time I was finished watching the news, 
I was so troubled. I felt anxiety that I hadn't felt in months because of what I let get into my heart by watching that news. And I want to tell you that if you're a news addict, you need to be careful about letting yourself be affected by the news. Don't be bombarded by anything that affects your heart and affects your peace. Control yourself. Regulate yourself. Know what's too much. Know what you can handle. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Then he says in verse 27, peace I leave with you. The word peace is the Greek word arane. The word arane, most people miss it. You've got to dig a little deeper into these words to really know what it means. The word peace, translated from the Greek word arane, describes the cessation of war. Conflict put away. A time of rebuilding and reconstruction after the war is finished. Distractions removed. A time of prosperity, the rule of order in the place of chaos. It depicts a calm inner stability that results in the ability to conduct oneself peacefully, even in the midst of circumstances that would normally be traumatic or upsetting. It is the Greek equivalent for the Hebrew word shalom, which carries the idea of wholeness, completeness, or tranquility in the soul that is unaffected by outward circumstances or pressures. And Jesus said, this is what I'm giving you. Which means if we receive the peace of God, which our shepherd gives us, we can have tranquility of soul even when you're in the midst of troubling circumstances. We can have shalom. Isn't that amazing? And in fact, it goes on to say, my peace I leave with you. The word leave is the Greek word aphiemi, which means to permanently release. I'm giving it to you like if I were right now to release something to you. But guess what? You have to take it. Everything has to be taken by faith. Yeah. Jesus says, this is my impartation to you. He says, let not your heart be troubled. The word heart is the word cardia. It's where you get the word for cardiac, a cardiac arrest, the cardio ward at the hospital. It describes the heart, although this word was sometimes used to denote the physical organ of the heart, it was regularly employed in the Old Testament and New Testament and classical Greek literature to describe a person's inner self, their spirit, the center of a person. It involves the elements of emotion, instinct, passion. Jesus says, at your very core, do not be troubled. And that word troubled, again, the Greek word tarasa, which means one that is inwardly shaken, unsettled, confused, upset. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be what? Afraid. Afraid. A lot of people today are afraid. Do you know what this word afraid is? The Greek word delos. It is a gripping fear or dread that produces a shrinking back or cowardice, a dread that saps one's ability to look at a problem head on and causes him to retreat. And for that reason, sometimes it's translated to be timid or to be a coward. But it's a dread that saps your ability to deal with life. It's a dread that just affects you. You just want to hide. You just want to cower somewhere in fear. And the Apostle Paul uses the same word in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. When he says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of thy hands. And Denise, notice the responsibility is on every person. He says, you stir it up. God gave you an impartation. You have to do something to stir it up. 
Stir up the gift of God that is in you by the putting on of my hands. Verse 7, for God hath not given us the what? Spirit of fear. Spirit of fear, the word spirit, the Greek word pneuma, which describes a spirit or a spiritual force. And friend, I want to tell you, fear is spiritual. It's like a spirit that comes in the room. Isn't that the truth, Denise? Oh, absolutely. A spirit of fear comes and suddenly everybody's in a state of panic. It is a spirit. And you have to make a decision to forbid it to operate. Stop its operation. And Paul says, God's not giving you a spirit of fear. The word fear is the same word Jesus used. The word delos. Again, a gripping fear or dread that produces a shrinking back or cowardice. A dread that saps one's ability to look at a problem head on and causes them to retreat, to become timid or a coward. Denise? You know, Rick, you talking about this is reminding me of the disciples after Jesus had been crucified and he was risen from the dead. They had a spirit of fear. And they were doing all of this. They were trembling for their life. They didn't know what was going to happen. They were they hiding. Were dread. They were hiding. And Jesus, three times. That's, this is the text. This is when Jesus came to them and said, calm down, guys. He said, peace be with you. He said, peace to you. And he said, peace to you. He was so aware because these were his sheep. He was so aware that they were afraid. He didn't judge them because they were afraid. Mm -hmm. He comforted them because they were afraid. Wow. But God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power mm -hmm. and of love. And a sound mind. And a sound mind. And you know when you have a spirit of fear because when you have a spirit of fear, you do not have a sound mind. When you have a spirit of fear, you're worrying about something that probably will never take place. You're irrational. A sound mind is not sound. It's not thinking right. It's not concluding correctly. It's not sound. But listen to this. In Isaiah 26, verse 3, mm. listen to this, Denise. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. The Passion Translation says it like this. Perfect, absolute peace surrounds those whose imaginations are consumed with you. Everybody has an imagination. You're going to imagine something. You have to choose what you imagine. I've learned to choose to imagine right things. Some people fear imaginary things. They just like make up stuff in their mind. They start believing it and they start to have fear. I'll give you a verse in the book of Psalms that says the Lord surrounds us like the mountains surround Jerusalem. Well, instead of fearing, I imagine me surrounded with mountains. The Lord surrounding me like the mountains surrounding Jerusalem. Where the Bible says that God will set you up on a rock, I imagine that. The reason they would put you up on a rock is because nobody could reach you there. Nobody could attack you there. You were out of reach. You have to choose what you imagine. Listen to this, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, in the Amplified Version. David was greatly distressed. So what did he do? He encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He chose what to think about. And Rick, he was in a horrible situation. He was. That everything had been burned down. The city had been burned down. The men that were with him wanted to stone him. All the wives and children had been kidnapped. It was horrible. But he made the decision to strengthen himself in the Lord. Psalm 94, 19. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delights my soul. David had to make a choice. 
Psalm 23, verse 1, here's our verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the still waters. Still waters. But guess what? A sheep could choose not to go. You have to follow the shepherd. And if you'll follow him, if you'll abide in him, if you'll focus on his word and receive his peace, doesn't matter what's going on around you, you can have peace. That's the cessation of conflict, the cessation of war, and inner tranquility even in the midst of upsetting and disturbing circumstances. You can live by still waters all the time. You know, I'm a person that doesn't get upset very often. I used to, but I learned to live by the still waters, and you can too. We're out of time. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.